Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Wells Fargo Championship. I'm Rick Gaming. That right there, Joe I Doty. Joe, we are back at it again, and we've got ourselves a decent little field here. And I think we're going to get a good field this week, a good field next week, and then a major championship right around the corner. Yeah, excited for this next little run. Uh, new. Well, not totally new course this week. We've seen it before, but definitely a change in venues from where we traditionally are used to to sort of pinpointing the Wells Fargo in our heads. Obviously, next week we go down to Texas and then Tulsa, Oklahoma for the second major championship of the season. Uh, good to be back, as always, with you, my friend, here on Power Hour. Yeah, that's right. Next 45 minutes or so is the most crucial point of this week's jock market for the PGA tour. This is the IPO phase. So as of right now, you can bid on shares of golfers. When this market closes uh, a few minutes before 9 p.m. Eastern time, if you are one of the high bidders for those shares, you are going to get those shares allocated to your portfolio. And then Joe, we know that's really just the beginning. We enter the live trading mode where you can uh, buy more, you can sell shares, you can short golfers. And then that's where you can see those payouts and those values fluctuating over the course of the next four days. Yeah, it's interesting because we spoke a little bit before we went hot, but the strategy in these sort of PGA and all jock market contests is consistently evolving and changing. Um, and we're here to sort of help you navigate uh, the nuances that that are working today versus what worked previously. And the beauty of it is we have we have new users. If you're new here, please, we'll try to be as informative as we possibly can. Drop your name. We may throw you some free bucks to get you, you know, off the schneid and get started on the right foot. Um, and our old our old friends are back as always. So looking forward to the next 40 minutes covering the uh, close of this IPO. Yeah, that's right. Jock Market username in the chat. Drop it in there. Get yourself eligible to win some Jock Bucks. If you haven't deposited yet, the code you're looking for is POWER. That'll get you up to a $50 deposit bonus. And Joe, we turn our attention uh, to the Wells Fargo Championship this week, but last week was a pretty good one too because we made history last week. John Rahm was the most expensive golfer in jock market IPO history, $12.99. And what do you know? He went out, he won the golf tournament and returns you $12.01 per share. How about that? Yeah, unbelievable. The highest we've ever seen a player IPO for, like you just mentioned, and still able to double your money. Also historic last week, our first ever PGA Tour Pro joined us here on the Power Hour, so that was a ton of fun. But um, yeah, a very interesting week. So two of the top three in terms of pre-rank finished one and two for the week, and then it was kind of a, a mixed bag from there. I think that we were on the right path. Uh, that we spoke about on the show in which in which driving distance was going to be an important factor. If you look at the yeah, leaderboards, um, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, it should be another fun week this week where we can kind of dissect the course and hopefully isolate some players with some valuable returns. Yeah, and just to give you an idea, because I think this is really a good illustration of what happens in the jock market. So this is every golfer in the field over their last 10 cash markets. Sepp Straka has the highest average ROI. Honor Bon Lahiri's up there. Kurt Kitayama, Bo Hostler. So you start to look at these guys here, Joe. Straka did it with a victory, so he kind of had that one spike week, but he's had a couple of good starts since. Uh, no wins for Lahiri, no wins for Kitayama, no wins for Hostler, none for Cam Young, none for Kuchar, none for Trey. This is still a profitable path 
in the jock market, even with guys that are not even coming remotely close to winning golf tournaments. Look at that data. That is really something. And if you are, um, you know, obviously new here, this is all available on your website, as you always mentioned, uh, for completely free. Um, but it's just awesome to see because look at those average IPOs. The top four guys are all in that $2 range. I don't see anyone on that list above $4.83 in terms of average return. So really, I think that's where a lot of the bread is is continuously buttered here in the jock market is finding these guys in the two, three, four dollar range and having consistent top 40 finishes out of them. Like you mentioned, it doesn't take a victory always to get it done and be able to double your profit. Yeah, that's right. And we are going to uh, reveal the big board for the Wells Fargo championship. But Joe, I'm not. Uh, it's not lost on me that John Rahm, the heavy favorite who went wire to wire last week, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, there wasn't a, a cash market for the Zurich Classic, but they were basically the favorites. They went wire to wire. We do have one guy who kind of stands alone at the top of the betting board, Rory McIlroy, this week. We'll play bullish and bearish in a second, but do you think what we've seen kind of the last two weeks on the PGA Tour is going to influence action here on this Wednesday night? Yes, I think it probably influences action. I also don't think because you spun the wheel last week and you, it turned over, in a, you know, the ball landed on black, that it's more or less likely to be black this week. We also saw Scheffler, who was one of these sort of co-favorites for the Masters, kind of win and take that thing down as well. So they've been on a nice little run here for the top of the odds boards. That said, um, I don't know about this week. I don't know if this is the best course fit for Rory. Um, but that again, he's, he's head and shoulders above mostly the rest of the field in terms of odds pricing, in terms of, um, fantasy pricing and in terms of, of ceiling talent level. Well, you talk about setup because it's worth noting. Uh, and if you haven't realized by this Wednesday night, we're not playing quail hollow tomorrow. The boys yeah. are, the boys are not in North Carolina. They're, they're in Maryland. They're playing over at uh TPC Potomac, which as you noted, Joe, we've got two years worth of data, uh, 2018, 2017 Quicken Loans National, and it's different than Quail Hollow. It's different than what we saw last week. I believe you're going to have to be a bit more precise off the tee, but uh, they kind of got, got rained on out there today. I think that might help uh, make things a little bit easier on what could have been a fairly difficult tour setup. 100%, and I think that the course is uh... – from from my friend Keith, who's got boots on the ground out there, the course is playing wet. It is playing soft. Those are the conditions where we saw uh, Francisco Molinari, of course, barrage the field on his way to 21 under here at this event. So I think we probably see a little more of that type of tournament than we do see of the minus seven in which Kyle Stanley won. That said, wind can obviously play a huge factor and be a major defense of the golf course. And if that is up, could negate some of the soft conditions. Uh, even taking the weather into account, um, what types of golfers are we looking for? Weather would make this play a little bit longer, but we know you don't want to be in the three and a half or four inch rough, especially when it's wet, Joe, that can cause some difficult situations as well. So is this an opportunity to get those real value accurate golfers, the, uh, Ryan armors that we've seen on the first page of the leaderboard at TPC Potomac before? I think it's a great narrative this week. I'm going to kind of definitely favor that a little bit. Um, positional off the tee, utmost importance this week. So being in the fairway, finding that, whether that means driver, whether that means two iron, whether that means four iron off the tee, 
um, finding yourself in the short grass with a proper angle to sort of attack some of these smaller greens is going to give yourself opportunities in which you can roll in a couple putts. We haven't seen like elite, elite putters prevail here. It's mostly ball strikers. It's mostly guys that are really accurate and consistent off the tee. Um, that's what we know in the two years that we saw at the Quicken Loans National. So that's kind of the narrative that I'm going to stick with this week. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we are moments away from getting to the big board. Make sure you drop your jock market username in the chat. That'll get you entered into a draw for a little bit of cash money. Make sure you use the code power if you haven't deposited using that yet. But Joe, I think it's time to play a little bullish or bearish our opportunity to pick four golfers and take a stand on them. And as we start this segment, if there's anybody else you'd like to see in the chat, go ahead, drop it in. We'll see if we can squeeze them in at the end. Let's just start with the guy. Let's start with Rory McIlroy. You said this might not have been, might not be a great setup for him. His fair value tonight, $9.95 a share, asking him to finish about 12th or better. Joe, what do you see? What do you think out of Rory McIlroy? All right. I kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I'm going to take a bearish side. I think this is a totally different course fit and setup for, for, you know, Quail Hollow, which was ideal, which he could play his big high draw off the tee um, and was perfect for him. Nice performance there on Sunday. They got that big jump. Obviously, remember the hole out at the Masters to cash $20 per share. But you see there, volatile, right? For being one of the top players in the world, Rory has a lot of ups and downs. And the majority of those downs, I would make the argument, are coming on courses that don't necessarily suit his game, on courses that may not necessarily have his full attention um, coming into the major season at Southern Hills. I think this is a little bit potentially more of a tune-up week for Rory. He's showing up here as a defending champ out of somewhat of an obligation, even though they switched the course up. He alluded to it a little bit in, in some of the interviews that he did today that it's going to play very difficult. Um, I just think asking him to finish 12th or better is a little high for me. What about you? Boy, um, I'm fair. I'm, I'm certainly more bullish on Rory than you are. Although at this price, right, 12th or better at a place we've never seen him play. You look at the res, uh, results in cash markets here in 2022. He's played five of them. He's made you money in two of them. It's it's not the vintage type of Rory. And, and Rory also always gets, Joe, the Rory bump right? Like whether he deserves it or not, like people like Rory, they're going to spend money on him. It's kind of the opposite of Hideki. Even when Hideki's at his best, it's like, ah, he's 50 cents or 75 cents a share too cheap. So while I think I'm more excited about Rory than you are, I think in this scenario where you've got to assign a fair value to everybody and you've got to translate that to their finishing position, I believe I'm a bear tonight. Yeah, what was interesting there, too, is the two markets um, that you showed that he was the number one player in that market were the two that he had his biggest losses at. So 78% at the Hero, where he pre-ranked number one, pre-ranked number one as well at the Valero Texas Open, where he missed the cut and seemingly couldn't hit it couldn't hit a wedge, couldn't find a fairway there. So, uh, you know, it hasn't shaped up well when he comes in as a heavy favorite. Uh, let's move on down a little bit. Mark Leishman, who I could argue is the most difficult guy to figure out. Joe, he's got two really good finishes in the two times that he has played at TPC Potomac. Um, it's been two and a half years since he's won an individual event. He's got a couple of like fine finishes recently. We're using $7.52 as his fair value tonight. 
That's about 20th or better, Joe. Bull or bear on Leishman? I'm going to go bear again. Um, I just don't think that he's quite accurate enough off the tee, and this is a great fit for his game. You mentioned two decent finishes, but I'm going to go ahead and, and sort of look at more of the recent form for Leishman, which is certainly has uh, its fair share of ups and downs. Hasn't really had a, a terrific finish this year to date. So, um, you know, his his highest payout is $8.50 in the 2022 season. Um, you know, he's coming in at a fair value projection tonight of 750. So there's just not enough there to squeeze for me. I'm going to go on the bearish side for Leishman. Rick, did I lose you, buddy? That's my fault. I was on mute, and then I was just ranting like a madman for the last 30 <laughs> seconds. I'm glad you finally cut me off. Um, Please, I, re recite that rant for us. We're waiting for it. <laughs> I I can't get there with Leishman. I, 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 I think you nailed it with the inaccuracies off the tee that worry me in a big way. Um, now he's kind of broken. He's kind of broken it a couple of times where he's been in inaccurate around here and he's played well. He's been inaccurate around Tory and he's won there. So yeah. I, I get that. But I think if the tour, you know, if they unleash preferred lies on us on Thursday morning, uh, playing out of the fairway becomes way, 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 way more valuable. And I will just risk it and ask Mark Leishman to burn me again. I'll be a bear. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, this this rough could be fairly gnarly too. Like you mentioned, this Kentucky blue sort of ryegrass is when it gets wet and heavy, and if it's up like it was back in 2017, um, it is going to be a priority and a must to be in the short grass. Tony Finau is next. Seven dollars and thirteen cents is the fair value we're using. Twenty first or better, Joe. I'm just gonna I'm gonna reveal his game logs uh, in all its glory. He was awesome last week. He has been horrendous otherwise. That that that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight consecutive losers. Nine, 10, 11, 12. He's been a loser in 12 of his last 14. But I'll tell you what, I feel like public sentiment uh is is chugging along on Tony Fee now. Trending in in what was a bad direction has sort of flipped that narrative, I believe, kind of on its head with one good performance last week. And it's really the iron play that has really turned around for him. Three consecutive events, gaining strokes on approach and tee to green. I think that the ability that he showed last week to drive it relatively straight, albeit on a totally different course setup. But gaining 8.2 strokes on approach is hard to ignore. We've seen, like I mentioned, uh, not exactly a crop of elite world-class putters uh, compete and play well here in the past. I do think this is a good, this is a decent setup for Tony and where his game is right now with this very moment. I'm not going to penalize him too much for where he was at in March and February through the struggles. I'm going to lean more on what I saw last week, which was pretty good. I'm going to say bullish. I will be just, I, I need one more. I need to see one more. I need to see, I need to see him do it in Mexico and I need to see him do it here. I think that uh, the swap from Vedanta to TPC Potomac is probably one of the larger differences in back-to-back -back weeks in terms of uh, comparing two courses or contrasting two courses. I'll be very, very impressed if he does it again. 
I will make him prove me wrong. I'll I'll be a bear here, but this is the one I'm most scared about, Joe. Okay. <laughs> one guy I'll, left, right? Yeah, finally, and it's Cam Young. $6.46 is what we're using, 25th or better. I, I, I'll be the bull here, right? I mean, I've, I've said it all week long. I'm very impressed with what he's done. He's my rookie of the year. He He's doing it at a bunch of different golf courses. I know that on paper, he's long, and that's the elite skill set, but he did it around Harbortown. Um, I, I finally get to be a bull on somebody, and Cam, Cam Young is that guy for me. Yeah, me too, dude. Uh, number one in strokes gain off the tee over the last 24 rounds. He hasn't lost in a cash market since January 16th, all the way back at the Sony Open. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I had that sorted a little bit wrong there. I had it by profit. But you can <laughs> see there, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of ten. He's been net positive in terms of ROI for you. Just playing great. And, and Keith sort of brought this up on Preferred Lines this week. Um, this is sort of his region, his time of year, and he's in great form. Got both of those Corn Ferry wins last year in the summer. Very familiar with this sort of Northeast difficult test on bent grass, which is what he grew up playing on. And there in New York and Sleepy Hollow, uh, where his dad is obviously the head pro. You mentioned the ability to compete at all different types of golf courses. Normally, this you wouldn't lean bomber here at TPC Potomac, but this guy's really accurate for as far as he hits it, and he's shown that ability thus far this year. I really like his chances this week as well. I'm going to go bullish. I love it. That concludes our bullish and bearish segment. Let me give away a little bit of money real quick. Uh, Zubalas, congratulations. You are on the board. $20 coming your way. If you want to be like Zubalas, go ahead and make sure that your jock market username is in the chat right now. Joe, I think it's time. Let me unveil the big board and um, familiar name at the top. Cam Young, 601. A lot of early steam for him. We just talked about him, but... Like, what is realistically the highest he could go? We've got him at 646 is the fair value. He's already at 601, so seemingly he's going to break through that. What's what's the ceiling on Cam Young tonight? Uh, I will say like eight bucks, which is basically asking him to top 20, which is much higher than his fair value projection. I think that he gets close to that. The early bump obviously would mirror sort of public sentiment, and a lot of people like him with very good reason this year. Uh, you know, it's these young guys tend to be we're a little bit slow on them at times, which may be why his fair value projection is is so low in comparison to what a lot of us who pay close attention to see as the upside. Right. Still in search of that first PGA Tour victory. I think this could be a big week for him. 601. A little surprised to see him out top, but obviously people want some shares and they want that action this week with good reason. Yeah. Then we've got. um not a lot of big names right behind Cam Young. Early returns on Doug Gim. He's $4.40. Kevin Shrillman is four and a quarter. Brandon Wu, who had a really good week last week, 364. We're back on Honor Bond at 363. And then Max Homa, who won this event, not here, but won this event in 2019 at 333. So not a lot of early money coming in on the big names, Joe. Anything stand out to you here for what we've seen early in this market? 
lot of plotters, a lot of guys who hit a lot of fairways. Ryan Armour, Nate Lashley, Martin Laird right there underneath. I think a lot of people are sharing sort of a groupthink mentality this week. And you're going to want plotters. You're going to want guys that hit a lot of fairways. And let's get those bids in now on these guys in sort of the 3 $4 range. And then that way we can pay a little closer attention to the top of the board as we get closer to IPO finish yeah even just with one more refresh joel damon another accurate driver off the tee finds his way tyler duncan 275 so it, it really is people are they're buying into this right we we said we've got two years of data we we've seen kind of the trends of who does well here um i, I love this Th this to me says that people are paying attention now we'll see how it finishes but this is a really good start to our wednesday night yeah, people are embracing the data this year, and I've tried to be one of those people as well, Rick, and pay a little more attention to the stat models and less on what my eyes are telling me and more on what the numbers, which are clearly unbiased, do tell you. I will say that there is an avenue toward zagging there and going anti-groupthink, and you may be able to find some value if this turns out the wrong way for a lot of people in this contest. Uh, there may be a little bit of a leveraged position, but with so much data, so much resources available now at the tips of our fingers, it's no surprise to see a lot of people with, with a similar thought process. Well, it, it is interesting. We can talk a little kind of game theory here for a second because uh, this is a similar conversation we just had a couple of weeks ago at Harbortown. Right. And uh, Jordan Spieth won. Uh, Cam Young was in the mix. Cam Davis was in the mix. I don't think those would have been guys that we would have identified Wednesday night as like the greatest course fits in the history of Harbortown. So there is obviously, Joe, some paths to doing it differently. How, how much zagging is there to be done this week? It depends. It depends on the price, like it always does. Um, you know, I think that, that there isn't a valid strategy point to that. One of these weeks, uh, these players are going to turn the stat models on their heads, and maybe it is a week like this where we're pulling data and stuff like that from 2017 that may not be as relevant five years later. And we have this idea of exactly how the course is going to play. Well, even 27 to 2018, the course played vastly different. So now fast forward that an additional four years. And, you know, who really knows what to think? They, I know that they lengthened this course a little bit, shifted maybe a couple of tee boxes around a hair. For the most part, it's very similar to what they last saw. But um, like I mentioned, the guys aren't drawing back in the memory banks. I can't imagine too much from from five years ago. Uh, that's probably true. Roy McIlroy made his move. He's now the most expensive golfer in the cash market, as expected. He's $6.66 a share. So, Joe, let me use that as an opportunity to look at the top 10 here. And as we saw uh, last week, and I believe the cash market before that, the top 10 was a little late to come around. Now, we were at $5 on Max Homa. We're at four fifty four dollars on Tony Finau. But Russell Henley's here, Terrell Hatton's here, Paul Casey, Corey Connors, Matt Fitzpatrick, Mark Leishman, Sergio Garcia. Who out of this top 10 do you think is the most likely guy or guys that you'll be targeting here? I liked Terrell Hatton. I think that there's sort of a sentiment. First things first, he's number two in the pre-rank, which we know the meaning of that in jock market. Yeah, it's valuable. He's yeah. been up and down, and I think the general consensus on Hatton this year is kind of, 
and he hasn't played that well, right? Something's not right. Well, it hasn't been all that bad either, really, if you look at it. Besides the Masters, where he's never really played well, um, his previous four starts were a second, a 13th, a 21st, and a 26th. So 26th was the worst finish of the previous four starts. And you look at where he's sort of... Um, you know, he's not great off the tee right now when you look sort some of the long-term numbers, but he was pretty good at Arnold Palmer, which is demanding off the tee and, and very much requires you to be in a proper position. He was pretty good at the Valspar, which I think makes a good comp in terms of the tightness of some of these holes. The irons have really turned around as well. Five consecutive starts, gaining strokes on approach. I'm kind of bullish on Tyrrell Hatton this week, and we'll see where that price ends up. Obviously, nowhere near a dollar, but between the pre-rank and some of the trends that I've seen, I'm, I'm anxious to see where he's going to finish. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree with you on on Hatton. And, and what's kind of masked here in the jock market tools is that he played well on the DP World Tour earlier this year. He played in the Zurich with Danny Willett, and they got through the cut line and played well enough. So, like, it's it's probably been better than his than his jock market stats indicate, which I think is always something to keep an eye on. Um, there's probably a case to be made that Corey Connors, Joe, currently a dollar twenty five, and we'll I'll give that a refresh. Is like just like you could have identified six weeks ago once you knew anything about TPC Potomac that Corey Connors would probably be a good fit. I think it's most likely that he is the second most expensive golfer this evening. I just think that's where we're going to end up. Uh, how do you assess Connors and what price are you willing to pay on him? Yeah, I think it's either him or Finau this week. And I think that that price, whatever it is, is going to be too high uh, for me to pay. Now, I understand the consistency that he brings to the table and how this should be a perfect course fit for him. But I just think that um, I, I just don't trust certain parts of his game, particularly in contention late, as have proven to be uh, valid, I guess, throughout the last couple of years. Uh, I just think he's going to get too priced out for me to be there what about you like where do you consider a good break-even spot for old Corcon? yeah probably like eight bucks mm -hmm. something he's something. gonna be higher than that and he's gonna be I, right i think he's gonna be much higher than that yeah i mean well eight eight thirty seven is 16th so maybe like 825 but he's gonna be more than that he's obviously gonna go for more than what his fair value is he finished t12 at heritage that was a winning week Masters T6, obviously that was a winning week. He won the players, he won at the API. I mean, it's it's been it's been a good stretch for Corey Connors, and I think people are going to expect that to continue again this week. We are um we are kind of in a bit of a, a slugfest here. Roy McElroy takes a swing. Cam Young takes a swing. I have a feeling I know how this is going to end, and it's not going to be with Cam Young on top, but fun to see him out front early here. And then we just saw a big move, Joe, in the last uh, few seconds on 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 Gary Woodland. 579. Uh, I've argued this week that like Gary was great. Gary was very popular last week, went for 822. That was the most expensive we've ever seen him. And T24 is fine, but he was a loser. And now I think people, maybe not, he's 579 early. I thought we're going to be a little gun shy on, on, on Gary. Same. I thought they were going to be gun shot on him too, and it might be a decent week for him, but apparently there is enough people that uh, are bidding to Gary up. Look, he's, I actually kind of had this 
this narrative in my head for a while that the shorter, really tight golf courses were more aligned and a better fit for Gary Woodland. When I did some digging into the stats this week, that doesn't necessarily bear out, um, especially recently. So I don't know, you know, we're going back up to bent grass, which is of course not his preferred surface. He really had a really good swing there through the Bermuda, Florida swing. I don't know. The The interesting one to me, Rick, honestly, is, is Matt Fitzpatrick. And I think that this does draw some decent comparisons to RBC Heritage. Everyone was all over Fitz last week. He, it's his favorite golf course. He missed the cut. I feel like he burned a lot of people. If you rule out the players, which I think we're all okay after watching that this year with sort of redlining that, um, five straight events prior to that within the top 14 or better really consistent, plays hard golf course as well, great at avoiding bogeys, really good on difficult par fours, and a decent putter. I think you may be able to catch a little bit of value on him, and I just haven't heard his name a whole lot this week. So I think like when we mentioned Connors and Woodland and Finau, I think the sneaky one for me to pay attention to is going to be Matt Fitz. Yeah, love that. Love that. Um, had his basically his worst putting performance ever at, at Heritage. I'm willing to willing to forgive that. Joe, let's kind of look in this uh, $5 down to $4 range. Luke List is here. Matt Kuchar, Keegan Bradley, Keith Mitchell. Anybody you want to you feel is worth pointing out kind of in this next tier down that has your attention? Uh, yes. So a couple of players. Sepp Straka is playing really good golf right now, um, and it goes beyond just the win at the Honda Classic. Obviously played great at the Heritage there. Um, good performance at the players and in, in his first Masters T30. Um, that's not to be overlooked. So the guy's just in a really a nice groove at the moment. The other one for me that, that I like and I actually bet this week is Brian Harmon. Uh, when I sorted by sort of, you know, difficult scoring conditions, Brian Harmon, despite what you would think about not being extremely long off the tee, plays those type of courses in those type of situations pretty well. Um, really accurate off the tee, top 10 in strokes gain off the tee, top 10 in driving accuracy, pretty good in greens and regulation. He's been really volatile this season, um, but I think there's enough good finishes on similar golf courses to have me uh, on the bullish side of Harmon this week. Oh, love it. Love it. Okay. Um, let's continue to go further down the list. Let's talk about these guys sub $4. So the guys that jumped out to an early start, Laird, Lashley, Duncan, haven't really moved. They're all kind of in the same uh, same exact spot. Armor, I believe you can throw into that category as well. And then we enter some other shorter, more accurate hitters. Hubbard and Stewart. Uh, Hostler has not been accurate, $2.55. Who down here do you think might be worth uh, adding to that favorites list and potentially investing in over the course of the next, call it 12 minutes? Yeah, Hayden Buckley's a nice little young player sitting there right now. If I'm up to date at 301, Russell Knox has a little, I have a little bit of interest in him. Ches Reavy, of course, anytime the driving accuracy is going to play, um, if you believe in that narrative that it's going to play a factor, probably the most accurate driver on tour to date. And the other one that's kind of interesting at $1.85 right now is Lucas Glover. I think he probably finishes in the mid $4 range, so we'll see a little run up on him. But some decent finishes coming in. The approach numbers have been really solid, particularly with longer iron, so 175 to 200-yard range. Um, that's another guy I kind of have my eye on here. 
Yeah, I just gave the board a refresh here. So I've got the the updated numbers. Ton of guys still at a dollar, including some of those, you know, shorter guys that uh you might be interested in. But the top of the board, Joe, shape it up. And speaking of runs, Rory McElroy is making a run. 952, getting ever so dangerously close to his fair value already, just 40 cents shy of it. Matt Fitzpatrick has now taken uh the silver medal, seven dollars and eighty-six cents. And then Russell Henley is here. 752. Let's talk about Russ. I, I think it's clear, Joe. It's it's been tough on Sundays for him, right? He hasn't always closed it out, but the advanced metrics are great. The finishing positions are generally very good. Is 752 and climbing like is that going to be too rich for your blood for a guy who might not might not have the win equity? Um, you don't necessarily need the win equity here, though. Like even when he he had the collapse of all collapses, not only at the Sony, but at the Wyndham Championship through the fall swing of last year, still a big returner in the jock market in both of those when he pretty much seemingly let everyone down who had a decent Russell Henley ticket. You had shares in the jock market. You were still very happy at the end of the day there. Um, I just think it's a, he's really good on approach, really good with his wedges. This should be an ideal sort of course fit for a player like Russell Henley. You don't necessarily need the win, but like you had kind of alluded to there, Rick, $758, that's, that's asking a lot out of old Russ. The most expensive he's been, um, well, let's just do it this way. 925, but that was in on a different planet. 2020 RSM, 908 American Express this year, uh, last year. The most expensive he's been in 2022 was 725. So I mean, we are we're over that. This is the most expensive he's been in 2022. So people are willing uh, to pay up here. Let me flip this around and look at the top ten. Hatton, he might have moved. I'll give this a refresh. Still at a dollar. Okay, here's a guy we got to talk about. Yeah, I was hoping you would bring him up. (laughs) What in the world are we going to do with Paul? Let me me just make sure we're on the same page here. So third at the players where he gets very unlucky on 18, his ball goes in a pitch mark, right? Uh, Then he withdraws from the WGC, uh, withdraws from the Masters, Mm -hmm. started both of those. I haven't seen him since, right? Like, like, what are we doing with Paul Casey right now? I don't know. And I, I don't know. I was kind of hoping that you maybe had some inside info on for me there. I know that he withdrew from the Pro-Am today, which wasn't great weather. And is that we've seen this before with guys where people get scared off and then you get them for a cheap price. But obviously two withdrawals in the tournaments prior. He actually looked good at the Masters. Like, he started that thing off and wasn't bad. And, um, yeah, I I don't know, $1, like, I'm willing to get there uh, probably sub 5 bucks on Paul Casey and take a chance this week on a guy that has won twice at Valspar on what I think is a pretty decent comp. And just the upside there. The other one, like, he's the weird one that I don't really know about. The other sort of one is, is Webb. Like, what do we do with Webb? Like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. He's all the way down to 21st pre-rank in this field on what should be a Webb course. You know, we've seen traditionally that he always pops on his spots, and it's a pretty safe bet. That said, 59th at the Heritage. That's not great for him. Um, 
61st at the Sony, which has normally been a good spot for Webb Simpson. So it, are we ready to be in a buy low spot for Webb, or do you need to see a little more positives? Oh, I, I need to see more. I, yeah. I, I just, um, you know, he's played what five events now since, since he kind of came back and it's been all over the place. The putter hasn't been good either. I'm sure it's probably practice time, but I, I think it is, uh, there's going to be a week we get burned on web and I'll probably just be late, but there's, <laughs> there's not even breadcrumbs at the moment. And I, and I like to see, I like to see those breadcrumbs. Um, the thing about Paul Casey, and I hate to like bank on this, but I mean, if he WDs, the guys at Jock Market are going to make it right, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they made it right at the Masters, when in, in which I had shares of him. So yeah, they're going to make it right. And at a dollar, you got nothing to lose. He ain't going to stick around there. But uh, yeah, there, there's a certain point where um, I think the risk is worth the potential reward. Yeah, if he's healthy, great. Because when he's been healthy, he's played awesome. Uh, yeah. And if he WDs... You probably get your money back. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's written. Is that written into the actual rules or have they just been good at doing that? Is that just like a promotion thing or? I don't think it's part of the rules. I think it's just we're going to be the guys who do the right thing, which we've known our friends over at Jock Market to be pretty consistent with and adamant about. Uh, so I think that they've always kind of done that. And uh, people are very appreciative of it from what I've heard as well. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Um, okay. We are getting very close to the sprint here to the finish line. So by my clock, it's 8.53. In the next couple of minutes, probably around 8.57, we're going to enter a 90-second window in which the IPO can close at any time. So, Joe, this is about the time that we start to let you go so you can get your bids organized, you can go be a part of everything, and then we can see what your portfolio looks like here at the end. But um, what are you envisioning tonight? Are you envisioning kind of a top heavy portfolio are you envisioning trying to get as many guys as possible like what would be the ideal outcome for you tonight yeah so what you kind of showed at the beginning of the show really kind of lit off a little lightning bulb in my head of, of sort of where, seeing where uh the biggest returners have been and it's been in that two three four dollar range so i may try to stick to that but like you mentioned uh it's a sprint to the finish and apropos with with kentucky derby we, i wonder on a side note if they will have a jock market for the kentucky derby that would kind of be a fun little contest maybe we can get our guys to run that but at the same token the last 90 seconds is a flurry guys are up and down sort of that leaderboard and you just got to pay attention it's good to sort of favorite players and and keep them up there on your tab so that they're easy to see and you can kind of check out the pricing there all right now you got my wheels turning on a Kentucky, how a Kentucky Derby market would work. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> that's pretty cool. They did one for the Hero World Challenge. That was only twenty. This is you know there'd be what eight? How many horses? 20. 16, 20 horses. Twenty. Yes, yeah, twenty horses. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. All right, Joe, get out of here. Go do your thing. Right, Go dude. get your bids in. Good luck with everything. I'll take uh, I'll take you the rest of the way here. So the codes you're looking for, if you haven't deposited yet, you want to get in on the action. It's power. That'll get you up to a fifty dollars deposit bonus. Let's see the state of the market right now, and probably to uh, no one's surprise. Rory McIlroy uh, is not only the most expensive golfer in the market, but he's $9.96, which is now officially the most expensive that Rory McIlroy has been since. That's got to be the 2021 Arnold Palmer Invitational. Yeah, it is. The 2021 Arnold Palmer Invitational. So over a year uh, since we've seen Rory McIlroy this expensive, and we still have a couple minutes to go. Fair value. Uh, 
Oh, you know what? I don't have the right thing here. IPO price is 955. I moved it. My bad. He's 955. His fair value is 996. He's probably going to be the most expensive we've ever seen him in over a year. Terrell Hatton is making a move. Now 859. All good there. Terrell Hatton coming up the board. He's your projected third ranked golfer. Let me give this a little bit of a refresh here. This is this, my dashboard's fighting back on me right now. Give it a little bit of a refresh here. We've got a couple minutes away from this turning into uh, the, the random time period. Here we go. Here we go. Now I've got it all situated. Rory 955, Corey Connors 806, Matt Fitzpatrick 799, Russell Henley 777, Tony Finau 736, Cam Young $7. The outlier there, I suppose, is Cam Young. He's the 22nd pre-ranked golfer. He's already 50 cents more expensive than his fair value for tonight. So that is telling me People are hot on Cam Young. It tells me that ownership across all fantasy formats likely to be very, very high. Um, Max Homa, the contrary, a little bit. 690, but that's below his fair value. He's a top 10 pre-ranked golfer. Mark Leishman also. So this would be Mark, th this lines up with kind of projected ownership, right? Mark Leishman, 552. The seventh pre-ranked golfer, he's like the 20th most expensive golfer right now. He's $2 below his fair value. What does that say? People are not putting their money where their mouth is when it comes to Mark Leishman. Makes sense. We've got Joel Damon more expensive. Johnny Vegas, Seb Straka. These are all guys that are getting a better public sentiment than Mark Leishman is right now. It's very, very intriguing. Keegan Bradley, Gary Woodland working in the middle of the $6 range. You look at the top 10 golfers. I'll give this a refresh, but as of uh, my last refresh, Paul Casey was $4 a share. His fair value is $8.45. Now, the fair value doesn't know about his back. Uh, fair value does not have insight on his potential back injury. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, $8.57 by my clock. Let me give this a little bit of a refresh here and see what happens. Let's, let's stay with these top 10 golfers. Yeah, nobody wants Paul Casey. 401. 401 on Paul Casey. That would be the cheapest he's been ever for no no masters two years ago 2020 masters he was 386 that was the cheapest he's ever been so we are dangerously close to an all-time low on paul casey right now sergio garcia uh also fairly reasonably priced as the eighth pre-ranked golfer he is still over a dollar uh cheaper than his fair value let's go back to the top of the board here rory mcelroy 977 trying to get through that ten dollar mark russell henley's still hanging tough russell henley and he's the third pre-ranked golfer so a very generous pre-rank 777 still hanging tough. We're seeing Seamus Power make a little bit of a move. We're seeing Keith Mitchell make a little bit of a move. We're seeing Doug Gim make a move into the low $5 range. Let me see if I can get another refresh in here because it's 8.58 p.m. Eastern time. This thing can close at any moment. We are in that random window. So it could close uh, any second here. So make sure you're getting your bids in. Corey Connors, there we go. Corey Connors now trying to take over that second place, the second most expensive golfer in the jock market tonight with Matt Fitzpatrick also in the mix. They're the only two golfers over $8 besides Rory McIlroy. Cam Young getting passed by just about everybody right now. Terrell Hatton, Tony Finau, Russell Henley, all above 
Cam Young. Brian Harmon hanging strong, 601. Alex Smalley, a little bit of a move up to 506. Cam Davis, not necessarily a great fit, but we could have said that about Harbortown. Played well there, $4.66. And oh, look at this. A battle between Honor Von Lahiri and Ricky Fowler. Isn't that fun? That's where we're at, the current state of Ricky Fowler. I've got 859. We've got to be very close to putting this thing away. Let me give this a refresh one more time. See if we can get Roy through the $10 mark. We are not. 977. 815 for Corcon. 801 for Fitzpatrick. So Fitzpatrick hasn't moved. Uh, Cam Young, okay. He's fighting back. He's now more expensive than Tony Fino. Is he really going to go as the fifth most expensive golfer tonight? We'll see. Gary Woodland. IPO closed. Okay. Shut it down. Shut it down. Quick one. A little bit early, I guess. You yeah, I mean... You would know that 60 seconds or whatever. It just felt like as soon as nine air 859 hit there, it went pretty quickly. Um, yeah, a lot of action down the down the stretch there, Rick. Uh, we'll see. Give me a few minutes here and we'll see who pops over into my holdings, who I ended up with. Let us know who you guys ended up with as well uh, in the comments. We'd love to see those. Yes, please do let us know who you got. Uh, I'm finding out through the chat that the the WD payback, it is now in the it, it's in the rules now. Austin would know he's all, the man. First of all, amazing that a site would do that. Uh, and two now makes me really just want to go like just go get Paul Casey shares. I'm like, yep. what are you doing? If he's healthy and he finishes, he probably plays well. If he's not and he doesn't, uh, you're gonna get your money back. This makes like Louis Ustazen and Paul Casey and Jason Day way more valuable in this format than anything else. There they are. The shares are over. And guess who got themselves some Paul Casey shares? All right, hold on. Hold on. I'm not ready yet. Okay. So right. Joe and his portfolio. I know it involves Paul Casey. Who else you got? $4.99 on Paul Casey, by the way. Sub $5 uh, seems like a steal. So also at the top, uh, $7.16, I got Tyrrell Hatton, who I spoke about. Um, and then I just kind of... I got six more guys and I kind of beat up the range that I was talking about that four to $2 range. Here's who I landed on. Um, Luke list four twenty-five. honor bond Lahiri four forty-five, who's been playing well. And then the next five guys on the two or the $1 range. So just a bunch of flyers here. I went with Roger Sloan, Wesley Bryan, who played pretty well last week, who made me some money on some shares. David Lingmurth, who Monday queued into this thing. We haven't heard his name in a while. And you want a zig uh, when other people are zagging in terms of driving accuracy this week, Rick. How about $1.52 on my boy, Brandon Matthews? Okay, I thought you this were guy <laughs> sends it. Yeah, he's an absolute bomber. He makes bombers blush. Paul Casey, Terrell Hatton, Luke List, Honor Bon Lahiri, Roger Sloan, Wesley Bryan, David Lingmurth, Brandon Matthews. Uh, I hope I don't think Matthews is in a featured group or anything, but I, I need I'm gonna need some eyeballs on him at some point because he is just a freaking bomber. Yeah, he's got his uh I think his his fairway finder, I think Dan Rappaport tweeted driver in the bag this week that he carries a, a cool 330 in the air. So a dollar fifty-two. What's what's the worst you could lose? 50 cents a share. I'm taking a flyer on him. Just won a corn ferry tour event about a month ago. So we'll see. We'll see. Can he send it out there? Maybe take his two iron three hundred yards down the pipe. Uh I'm willing to pay to find out. Scott Wise says, is this chart fair IPO available to individuals? If so, where can I find it? So if you're talking about my tool, no. But Joe, that's all uh, That's all in the app, isn't it? 
Yeah, all the data is there, um, yeah. and all the data is there on your site as well. But yeah. this one that that live sort of projects that you have is something this that is, is awesome. only granted to two lucky individuals, yeah. you and I. But we share it with everyone. We don't That's hold right. it to ourselves, so you can watch it right here. Yeah, the the this the data logs and all that stuff on rickrungood.com. That's all available. This live tool, uh, no. That's ours. But if you are, if you, you, you can get access to the API, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of that stuff is over, over some people's head, but it, it is, it is actually available, I suppose, if you really wanted to consume it in this way, but you just yeah. have to like tap into the API and do it. And like you mentioned, the API is right there. If you understand and you want to sort of work a little system uh, and figure out different ways to sort the data, um, they will let you do that. So just reach out to them. Shane went with Hatton, Fitz, Shane. Homa. Like that already. Kucher, Young, Power. Oh man, this is right up my alley. Lashley, ooh, and Chapel. I don't, I don't have much of an opinion on Chapel, but if Shane makes a lot of money this week, Joe, I will make a lot of money this week. Yeah, uh, that's guys. that's that's pretty top heavy for Shane. So that's sort of, um, but that's a nice sort of powerful opening six players there. I think any one of them have a pretty good chance of taking down the twenty five dollar payout, which uh, swings anything really. No matter how many guys you got or whoever you got, if you can land the guy who finishes first, you're gonna have a good week in jock market. Well, we nailed the top of the board. Rory McIlroy nine seventy seven, Corey Connors eight eighty eight. That is nine seventy seven. The most, well, I guess no, Rory was just 958 at Valero, but that's pretty close to uh, a recent all-time high on Rory. Corey Connors, 888. That is the most expensive he's been since the Sony. I think this is, I think it's well, well-deserved. Those two guys were always going to be yeah. one tonight. Yep. You're right. You called it from the start. Matt Fitzpatrick, 801. I like that. I I'm, I'm in on Maddie Fitzpatty. Uh, I worry about this Russell Henley 777. He is, he's like the saber metrics, like advanced, whatever you want to do. Russell Henley looks great, uh, but he still worries me on Sundays and he just worries me. And, but to your point, he doesn't have to win. Just, just don't, just don't, just don't drop to T13. Just finish like T4. Yeah, you're right, though. He's totally the, the golf's version of the Saber Metrics guys because you can isolate certain stats that skew in favor of Russell that are going to make him look like such a, a fantastic player over his ceiling. And then you can isolate others that are going to make him make him look bad. So it depends on the narrative that you want to take. But big price there on Henley. It's going to be tough to live up to. Cam Young, 755. Now, Joe, I know that there are the only fantasy website that exists on planet Earth is it's jock market. That's where you should go play. But if there were other fantasy sites and you woke up tomorrow morning and you checked the ownership, I think your eyes are going to pop out of your head when you see what Cam Young is because the public is loving him. Right. And rightfully so. But but that is a massive number on him. Yep. Flavor of the week. Uh, higher price this week, though, than Tony Finau and Tyrrell Hatton. Amazing. Amazing. That screams like something's a little bit wrong to me. So I love Cam Young. I bet him this week at 40 to 1. Um, but do I think that he's more likely to win than Finau or Hatton? Probably not. By far the most expensive he's ever been. Now, he's, he's a young guy, doesn't have as much uh, experience, but by far the most expensive. You mentioned it, Tony, Tony Finau behind, Terrell Hatton, Max Homa, all behind. Um. Pretty good price on on Gary Woodland here. Pretty pretty bullish on Woodland. He was six sixty six with like five minutes to go and never moved off of that. So I don't mm -hmm. know if people just decided, hey, 
that's enough on on Gary Woodland, but I I could see that being quite uh, quite favorable. Yeah, and you know what? It seems like a fair price to be honest on Abe Answer right above him. Now, if you look at the recent finishes, he's minus 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 like. What is that like 10 straight markets that he's lost you money for Abe answer, Um, even going back to Mexico? But ideally, you think of the upside, you think of what he did in Memphis, you think of uh, the perfect sort of course fit that demands accuracy off the tee and on approach should be a great spot for answer. Seems like a good price, but it's been a, a bloodbath in the markets as of late. Yeah, here's Paul Casey, 499, as you mentioned, cheaper than Troy Merritt. That's Whoa. interesting. Uh, Lipsky, Jason Day. Jason Day. Uh, Lipsky at 486 is kind of fun. He's been awesome. Yeah, he's he was really good. I think the only guy that um, that eclipsed Finau last week in T to Green. Is that right? Uh, that sounds right because he gained uh, – I don't I don't know. His number, but he gained like four and a half strokes off the tee and like another four and a half on approach or something. Yeah, so. he was good. <clears throat> Let's see what else we got. There was one – oh, Lashley at 401 I could get behind. Anything else stand out to you here? As How about as- Molinari? I, we don't see him a lot. Any Anything here? We've seen him sort of go back to spots that he traditionally plays well and make a random pop appearance. Um, haven't seen him much at all. That I, I haven't seen him swing a golf club on TV or on my phone in a long time. Yeah, Masters was his last cash market. Uh, missed the cut. Hayden Buckley, 315. Kramer Hickok, 315. I'm just trying to see. Revy, you pointed out. Revy's like, if you think that you get anything close to what he did in Mexico, this is like the best buy on the board. He was horrible before that, but his advanced metrics in Mexico were excellent and he lost a ton of strokes off the tee but he probably can't do that here joe like he lost a ton of in mexico because everyone was just bombing it past him he past probably him. can't lose that many off the tee here so i like Good there's point. a chance this Revy thing is the is the best buy yeah that looks really nice at sub three bucks there just try to see what else we have um matthew wolf 215 i know i saw it too i resisted um, it's a cheap price. When you factor in, you get a dollar per share back. If he finishes dead last and you get your money back, if he withdraws, um, there's not much risk there, but it's been, it's been pretty bad. There's my boy. Matthews has yet to complete in a single cash market. We're seeing him this week for the first time. He's close to the bottom of the barrel there on the list. Yeah. Dollar 52 Norman Zhang. That's my guy. Yeah. 150, uh, 158. I would love it if both of these guys made the cut. I just I just think that'd be fun. Zhang's uh, a bomber too, right? I don't know. <laughs> I, I played with him and everything yeah, he hit right. looked like it was I mean, it looks like it's going a mile, but yeah. I don't know how that is on tour. Right. You're right. I, it was ungodly, but I don't know. He might be the shortest guy on tour. I I literally have no idea. It sounds like a yeah. shotgun was going off. <laughs> <laughs> so sick. Um that was fun. I mean, listen, so, so are you concerned at all about the weather or like, what do you, I, I did not see. So I understand there's going to be rain. I understand wind is eventually going to move in. I did not necessarily think there was enough to take action on a specific wave, but in this format, you don't have to Joe, you can just kind of wait and see and just try to be a little bit earlier than everybody else. Exactly. You can wait and kind of monitor it as the day goes on. You can keep it uh, live up to the minute. So I believe tomorrow there may be a slight advantage to one of the sides. Is it the afternoon side has a little less wind? 
I, I'll, I'll admit, I when I looked at it at 3 p.m. Eastern on my live chat, I didn't think there was an edge. Or I yeah, didn't yeah. think, I didn't think it was worth. I, was looking, yeah. I didn't think it was worth taking action on. I could see like uh, maybe, but like I did not think it was sizable. Um, now we might get like a rain delay, which pushes the, like I just did not think in the moment it was it was worth it. Cool, good to know. I trust your opinion on that. And yeah, if it's not something that's actionable, it's not something that I'm going to really factor in. Hmm. All right. Well, the jock market has just begun for this week. You can go and you can buy shares. You can sell some shares. You can start shorting some guys. Do whatever you want. Get involved. Should be a really fun week. We've got then, uh, I was going to call it the Valero. It's the Byron Nelson. And then we are going to Southern Hills for the PGA Championship. So we've got a lot of big time golf coming up. Uh, Joe's available at Tour Picks. I'm available at Rick Rungood. Any, anything else, Joe? Should we get out of here? Do it all again next week? Yeah, let's do it again next week, 8.15 Eastern time. Uh, happy to see you guys. As always this week, make sure to share it with a friend. Tell somebody you know about Jock Market where we're here making money every Wednesday. Uh, good to see you again. Good luck. See ya. Peace.